What's happening, weirdos? Uh, sorry this is dropping a little bit late. We recorded this today, and we're releasing it today. Uh, we get into it, but Val was on a meditation retreat, so we had to wait until today. So this is uh, hot off the press. As I say in the episode, we always look forward to these episodes and our time together uh, with you guys. So thank you for listening. And people ask the best way to support the show. I always tell them, please buy a Pete's Pick. It directly and unequivocally shows your support of the show. So if you're looking for a gift or something for yourself, try a Pete's Pick. It helps us out. Uh, the newest Pete's Pick I'm very excited about is Brooklinen. I don't know if you've been sleeping on the same terrible sheets like I had been that you wash maybe once a month and lie about to your friends. Uh, they're ill-fitting. Maybe they're scratchy. They're not great. They have weird stains if they're like mine. Um, they don't match in a lot of cases. They don't fit the pillows in a lot of cases. Upgrade your life. It made me feel like such a grown-up to get some good amazing, soft, premium sheets that were affordable and wonderful. So if you don't love your sheets, Brooklinen has you covered. Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also, like me, tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg, and when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen, the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available to you without the luxury-level markups. So Brooklinen has sheets, we know that. They have colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs. They also have a lot of different products that I wasn't even aware of. Uh, bedding, towels, loungewear. They've even got candles, silk eye masks, robes, which are awesome. And you got plenty to get your picky aunt a day spa at home for the holidays. This is a great gift idea for those hard-to-shop-for people that you can get at brooklinen.com. The sheets are amazing. They feel amazing. They fit amazing. And they also just look amazing. The bedroom just looks better. I used to love going to nice hotels because of the sheets, and now I feel like I live in a nice hotel. So Brooklinen's Black Friday sale goes through November 30th, so it's happening right now. You can get huge savings, 20% off, and free shipping during Brooklinen, uh, their biggest sale of the year. Go to Brooklinen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code WEIRD for 20% off and free shipping. That's Brooklinen.com, promo code WEIRD for 20% off. Last time, Brooklinen.com, promo code WEIRD. And if you're hearing this after November 30th, don't worry. You can still get 10% off your first order plus free shipping at Brooklinen.com. Uh, we're also brought to us, speaking of holiday shopping and online shopping, we're brought to us by our friends at Honey. These days, online shopping is pretty much just shopping. It's the only shopping that we do. Uh, and that's where today's sponsor, Honey, comes in. It's a free browser extension. Listen to this. It scours the internet. No more makeshift random Googles to strange websites that I feel like are giving me viruses. Uh, they, it scours the internet for you for promo codes and automatically applies the best one available at checkout. It's free. It's your online shopping best friend. To get Honey on your computer, two easy clicks, no money, join honey.com slash weirdo. Then when you're applying, uh, when you're checking out rather, excuse me, at one of its over 30,000 supported sites, Honey, it just pops up and all you have to do is click apply coupons or coupons if you're nasty. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for the coupons that uh, are the best for the site. If Honey finds a working code, it'll apply the best one for the cart. 
They use uh, lots of different stuff, tech, gaming, retailers, fashion, even food delivery. I used it recently to get a new set of headphones. Doing nothing. I did nothing, and it saved me about 14 bucks just because I installed it in my browser, did it automatically, two clicks, boom, apply coupons. I said coupons that time. It's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It works with whatever browser you use, and it's free. And you can show your support of the show with doing almost nothing. Get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash weirdo. That's joinhoney.com slash weirdo. We're also brought, just before this podcast, I took three Alpha Brain, and I hope you see the effects. I was clear. I was lucid. I was having a very easy time remembering what I wanted to say with Val. We don't use notes. We don't have any plan. And the conversation always flows. And I think that has a lot to do, first, with my marriage. <laughs> I'm happy to be with Val. But it also, my own brain has a lot to do with being powered by Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain is a nootropic made by our friends at Onnit. It is not a stimulant. It's not like caffeine. It's just earth-grown ingredients that help your brain in the areas of concentration, focus, recall, articulation, communication, anything that I do that involves thinking and words, which is everything I do, I take Alpha Brain, two or three Alpha Brain, 15 minutes beforehand, and you feel it. Like I said, you don't feel it like a cup of coffee. You feel it like your brain had a meal. It has what it needs to do what it needs to do to help me write a script, to do a podcast, to do stand-up, to write a book. I really wish I had it in college. I'm so glad I have it now. And the best way to know about it is to try it. And it couldn't be easier. Go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. You'll see a bevy of products, bevy, a bevy of products there. Alpha Brain, 10% off. Just use the promo code. Show your support of the show and make your life and your brain a little bit happier. I am seriously into all of these things. I hope you guys like them too. It always helps us out when you try them. Uh, so get some for yourself. Get some for a friend. Either way, we sincerely, I sincerely, Val sincerely, we appreciate it very much. In the meantime, uh, enjoy this wonderful chat. We made it weird. I think this is number 14. I'm not sure. Uh, porch edition. We just recorded it on the porch. So enjoy the sound of the oak trees in the background uh, and get into it. Porch edition. Porch edition. Late Friday release Hi, and someone's <laughs> dropping off our mail. Hi. Thank you. Bye, <laughs> thanks. Thank you. Porch edition. A <laughs> <laughs> very important song. Time to get back Don't to Don't interrupt our porch edition song. I'm in a creaky chair. I'm going to have to try not to creak. That's how I feel. Re-farts. <laughs> Yeah, you live on a creaky chair. Oh, my God. You, you try to blame it on creaky chairs. Blame it on the dog. I should get a medal yeah, for yeah. how many farts I, I... When you were... Yeah. How equanimous I am about your farting. Yes. the um, When you were gone, Val's been gone this past week on a Vipassana retreat, which is a, a ancient Sanskrit word that means... Light meditating. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a serious meditation <laughs> retreat. And the funny thing, sorry, did we talk about farts a lot on this. Hi, Norman. Good to see you, buddy. Can you sit down? It's a good dog. Good dog. Good, good um, Norman dog. I fart more when you're gone. So there what? is restraint. There's, you are restraining? Yeah. I think I'm sneaking out every, I'm going to say every other. 
But yeah. that's still 50% fewer. And I would say, I feel like... Okay, wait, wait, I think two out of three are coming out. <laughs> because I feel like it's safe to say you're farting... Oh, boy. Like 20% of the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was that book, Some, S-U-M. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. I when, that book. One of the versions, yeah, of heaven is you do everything you did on earth, but you do it all in one. So you brush your teeth for like 10 years. I don't know how long uh-huh. brushing your teeth. So I would probably oh, fart yeah, for like 50 years or something. Yeah. That would be my heaven. You would love that. You'd fly away. <laughs> we, that's how <laughs> angels fly. Halos are their blown out buttholes. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Who was I talking to recently where I was like, if harp really is the instrument of heaven... Why aren't we just, if that's like the most oh, yeah, you were angelic. <laughs> yeah. Who else? Who else? Uh, why don't we listen to more harp here? Someone brings out a harp. We're like, what is this, an art gallery? Yeah. Uh, or, or a bad wedding? Yeah. If that's the instrument, it's like we, all of a sudden when you die and you go to heaven, you want to hear the harp more? Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm one with God, let's get that, let's get that big beer icon thing uh, plucking <laughs> unfortunately the beer is called harp so i couldn't get the fun of a deep pull is there a beer called harp yeah guinness is made by mm. is the same company makes guinness makes harp oh and the logo mm-hmm. for guinness picture it i'm picturing it yeah are you I don't know. Because it's a heart. (laughs) (laughs) You were picturing the font that says Guinness. Yeah, I was. You know more about beer than I thought. I've been to the brewery. Oh, and you retained that information? And a lot of water. (laughs) (laughs) Hence, ergo sum, the farting out my ergo bum. (laughs) That didn't even work. I did retain that. Why? I don't know. Because you're not a beer man even before you were sober. I hate beer. Beer is horrible. Yeah, I hate beer. (laughs) Although every time I've been drunk on beer and it was great, I was like, this is the best. Really? I I don't understand how anybody can get drunk on beer. Get past the, I just had seven loaves of bread. Yes, like my tummy gets so gassy and full before I can even feel remotely anything. And as a real pragmatist, what are we doing? Why am I drinking something for that? Like... I've had a beer with your brother, and he was just sipping it. He loves beer. Enjoying it. Yeah. Talking about hops, talking about IPA, talking about, I don't know. (laughs) When people talk about hops and whether or not it's a firm IPA, I'm just like, you're talking about how long did the devil soak his nuts in your water? Like, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. It's bad tea. It is. It's terrible tea. It's terrible tea. And I'm going to say it's bad kombucha. God and kombucha sucks ass too, but I at least you're kombucha. okay. But at least you're like, I'm getting some benefit, like a health benefit. Yeah, and it's fizzy and fun on your nose. Look, I, <laughs> I um, I admit that, and I think it's important for us to admit that we are 
maybe wrong about this. Like about beer. Yeah, well, like so was... many people love it. So many people love it. And so many people love Neil Diamond. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually mm. like Neil Diamond. No, I I disagree. I think Neil Diamond is objectively bad. <laughs> <laughs> we just watched Frost Nixon. OMG, guys! This has already been worth your while. This is worth the download. This is worth the click play. Uh, it's worth sitting through the porch song. Frost Nixon <laughs> is a movie on Netflix now. It's an old movie. I saw it in theaters. It couldn't be uh, more relevant to sort of like what's going on. A controversial mm-hmm. president being interviewed by a late night talk show host who like risks it all. What am I working for Ron Howard now? <laughs> he risks it, but it's just so good. Like I think some people, obviously Val and I are happy about the election uh, and I think almost everyone we're, we know seems yeah, to be in that way. Probably most people who are listening. I don't. Yeah, it, it's it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, who, knows? who knows? But um, I don't. I think people are kind of like, well, what now? And God, it's been horrible. I've I've used this like a sober person who got off Twitter and Facebook and Instagram almost entirely. Like was doing really good. Mm-hmm. Only using it. For work, only checking it once a day, if that, like yeah. on a computer, not even on a phone. Yeah. And um, then the election came and we were all, everybody was hit and refresh. And then it just, now I'm just like, and uh, now I drink red wine during the day again. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, I'm just completely off my sobriety regarding social media. Yeah. So I think we're all craving something. Yeah. And my recommendation firmly is Frost Nixon. You will love it. I think if you're anything like me and Val loved it, Mm -hmm. I loved it the first time I saw it. But when you're dealing like the, it it was almost sort of comforting to be like presidents that really lit up uh, the liberals with their like vitriol. Yeah. It's not the same. Um, It's obviously every character is different, but like it was nice to see like, Oh, this, this is a, this is something we've been through. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think Nixon. Big kind of on that one. Nixon. uh, I think there are a lot of similarities between Nixon and Trump. And it is interesting if you think about like, what if the many crimes that Trump committed, (laughs) if, if even just the first one, the first time that happened, it led to him resigning. How elated the liberals would have been right right and like so it is a very interesting thing and then but then just in true trump form he would have like not admitted or apologized and nixon was very good at that and it's a weird movie oh sorry baby it is weird i know what you're about to say because you said it when we were watching it it sort of humanizes him yeah yeah it makes you yeah it makes you see what the appeal was for the for the republicans Republicans. Yeah. yeah anyway Great film. Great film. So Biden uh, won, unless you're listening, if you (laughs) thought this was a a conspiracy podcast or something. And what a a glorious day. I was in the park, and I was joy-scrolling. So many of us were Mm joy-scrolling, and just really feeling a lot of uh, all that good stuff that a lot of people were feeling. Yeah, we were apart, actually, because I was in Santa Barbara doing this retreat. Um, but I, and it was like the first day of the retreat. Um, so I, it's supposed to be from noon cause it's an online retreat. It's supposed to be for, from noon on Saturday till 
noon on Friday. So that's actually why we yeah. are late to release this because I'm, I'm late. It's one. <laughs> this retreat finished at 1 p.m. And it's one thirty nine. <laughs> we went right to it. I they were talking about like easing back into reality, and I'm yeah. like, mm, I'm gonna do a podcast. I but, uh, we also would check in, and I, there were a couple things I had to tell you, like the vaccine. I'm sure people heard that Pfizer. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Picture the logo for Pfizer. <laughs> Pfizer. It's a harp. Ninety <laughs> percent oh um, effective vaccine. A new prez. Yeah. Oh, so we were apart. I told her uh, some updates. But I am the one that told you that the official Biden thing, because I just couldn't help myself. I would wake up and check the news. Oh, yeah, you did tell me. And yeah, and uh, I was I had the pleasure because I was in a hotel room. We don't have cable, so we never get to actually watch news, which is usually a good thing. But I had the pleasure of like watching the CBS news while it was happening And so then I got the early footage of people starting to gather in Washington, D.C. and in Times Square. Yeah. And, like, I got to watch that grow throughout the day. But unfortunately, because everything's being slowed down, I can still do that. (laughs) You know what I mean? When I go on the Tweetsers now and I click the U.S. elections tab, Mm. first of all, I really appreciated that um, Twitter is putting disclaimers on things. They you are. know, yeah, no, They're yeah. Doing, uh, like Trump had six or seven tweets that I think were like either removed or were given caveats by the site. Wow. And I, w- I wish Facebook would follow suit. Sasha Baron Cohen, if you guys haven't seen it, give it a goog. First watch Frost Nixon. Wow, I missed so much. <laughs> this actually just happened. Oh. Sasha is obviously incredible. The new Borat is incredible too. Oh, I, we did watch that before. That, that was before you left. Yeah. I was just so struck with like they kept it. Borat, I, I've talked about it in the past, can sometimes be a little bit too lemon on the paper cut. Yeah. And like that's sort of the fun. I guess you would call it cringe cringe humor. Yeah. And we were like, can we handle this? Like yeah. Because we've been cringing so much. Yes. And we're like, do we really want to fight cringe with cringe? And there, don't get me wrong. There's absolutely cringe. Yeah. There's a ton of cringe. But they kept it. I don't know. My friend Todd worked on it. And I really want to talk to him about how deliberate they were about keeping it sort of hopeful yeah. and there's redemption in it. Yeah. So if anybody, I mean, I don't know, what does this podcast become? It's <laughs> just us recommending movies. I guess this is where we are. This it would, is where we are in our lives right now. I think this is where we are as a country. We're like, let's, let's talk about watching things and <laughs> talking about blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm tweeting jokes again. I mean, it's a special time. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time I think in our relationship and it's only been true for this week. It'll probably not be true after this podcast where I am trying to stay off of it, of social media and you are full, full throttle. I, okay. Now we're in the, you made it weird pocket. Thank you for putting us in the, you made it weird pocket. <laughs> You're welcome. The you made, you pocketed it weird. I, <laughs> yesterday was the first day that I took where I was really going like this device like a slot machine, does not care about me. Yeah. It does not love me. Yeah. Headlines are written to keep you on the hook. Mm-hmm. In some ways, like a delayed count is like the wet dream of the social mis- oh. media machine. Oh. It's almost like a, a, a page from the playbook of social media. 
I, I did. Sorry for all the movie talk, but I did watch The Social Dilemma without you because for some reason it was feeling too heavy uh, when we tried it together. Mm-hmm. So I watched it when I was in quarantine. And I'm healthy. That was for a movie. And um, movie, movie, movie. Uh, and I'm, I, sometimes I'm in movies. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I watch movies. I'm in movies. movies. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, thought, I did catch myself sort of going like, if I had watched it when I was re- recovering from my anal bleaching surgery, would I have been like, I watched it. I was in recover. I was face up on a bed with a special gap in the bed for my for my dick and balls, so that my uh, recently whitened asshole could be aired out with three or four fans. That's how they do it. Wow. That's when I watched the social dilemma. But of course, it's a movie, so you get to try and be cool. That's what I thought you were calling me on because there was. I'll, I'll admit, I'll concede three point seven percent. Not doing that. So 96%. <laughs> no, I was more like all we've talked about. Like, what yes. is this? You made a movies? Oh, my God. For one ninety nine. Remember that? Yeah, you can still find them. That's fun. You can watch. What am I going to plug it? Um, <laughs> what was I saying? My ass. Oh, it's perfectly white now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you got back on track. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, anyway... You know, like the things like the ellipses, like when someone, the the technology that makes it clear that someone is typing. Yes. That's like obviously specifically designed to keep you engaged. Yes. So Sasha Baron Cohen makes this brilliant speech about like all they care about is engagement. Mm. And the whole world is watching Mark Zuckerberg. You need to stop spreading disinformation for profit. And he makes the rather jarring but I think accurate point. That if uh, we were in World War II Germany, Facebook would give 30-second ads to Hitler. Wow. And and we're all sort of like, that's not even as shocking as it should be. Yeah. I think we're all just sort of like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. Facebook's its own community for everybody. And I'm like, it's dangerous. And I think of the way that my brain works. I mean, you can listen to old episodes of this podcast and where I talk about enjoyment of conspiracies. And that was when it was like this stony baloney thing. Yeah. Like me and Matt McCarthy, his episode, which is great, it's very long because it was so lovely, would just kind of like get stoned and watch Loose Change or whatever. But it was like very – it was like hard to find those things. Mm-hmm. And that was that was my enjoyment. And I worry about a, fiction, a fictitious Pete that would have just really enjoyed anything. The thrill of anything. This isn't real. This is fake. This is fake. And yeah. it calls all of reality into question. And mm-hmm. and that's what I think is so fun about like a clear win. And with respect to people that may disagree, but like I'm like from where I'm sitting, I'm like this is a clear win. I'm like, okay, let's get back. All of reality is made up. Mm-hmm. The presidency is made up. Congress is made up. Senate is made up. Streets are made up and rules are made up. But it's like Let's let's go back to where we can kind of let that machine that we built run instead mm-hmm. of going like these gears are fake. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like okay, it, it's it's too much. Yeah, you kind of talk about that if you'd like. That um, you were having that during your retreat. Like reality mm-hmm. started to unravel, mm-hmm. kind of like a bad psychedelic trip where you're just kind of like all the things that we say to comfort ourselves. Reality is a dance. It's a play. It's it's one thing playing a game, splitting itself into many to learn and explore mm-hmm. and to play with itself. 
um, that can be really fun if you've had a warm meal and eight hours of sleep mm-hmm. and sexual release within the past six or seven days. And and then you can get all groovy. Mm-hmm. But if you're alone on a retreat, ladies and gentlemen, Valerie Cheney, I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> I'm muted. We're not even on Zoom, but we're going to use the mute button. I'm muting myself. <laughs> can you still hear this? <laughs> I think I'm I'm not going to stop talking. I just think I'm muted. Oh, that's a great point. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You really – what an intro. Yeah. Um, yes. So, yeah, there's – I mean, there's so much that I want to say about the retreat. And it's also very interesting because I am fresh off the boat, so to speak. Um, and – so I haven't like fully processed it, but which I've is done kind of the point, right? Which is kind of the point. You actually don't want to process it um, too much. Like they don't, they recommend not journaling because then that puts you kind of back in your mind and analyzing your experience as opposed to uh, directly experiencing it. So let me just start with the details because you know it's it's a pandemic. So it was a online retreat where it was it's like recommended that you practice noble silence in between sessions and there were five sessions a day noble silence just dropped a great new (laughs) mixtape sorry i accidentally took myself off mute sorry um or you practice mindful speech if you when you do need to to talk um a lot of people most people were just doing it from home i kind of was like well i have a two-year-old and Maybe I'll take this opportunity to really do it. So I went to Santa Barbara, basically, um, to spend – and it's six nights. So that's the longest I've ever been away from Leela. And I do have trauma around being left alone. I'm still exploring that. That's not really the piece of trauma that I do the most healing on when I reference doing trauma healing. Um, but I have been working on being alone, uh, more and more. So I felt ready for this. And on the third night, um, you know, the whole time I was just a little bit like, okay, I'm okay. And I felt waves of like being really connected and independent and grounded and feeling really, uh, present. And then I would have waves of, of, anxious and just being like it's like I was taking off like I'm like in a hot air balloon by myself Mm -hmm. and just like taking off and getting further and further out from reality which is yep which sound which is in some ways what you want uh but if you're not having your trauma reactivated. Yeah. But That's what I'm saying about like a heated meal, sexual release, eight hours sleep then you can go like let's see how high this balloon goes but if you're like and I'm just relating. I don't have a specific trauma event or anything like that. But like if I'm left of center, if I'm off my axis, mm-hmm. I don't want to get in a hot air balloon. Yeah. But that's what it seems like these retreats are sort of designed to do. Yeah. And I think it, under normal circumstances, even though you're not speaking, you are you're going to sessions where you are speaking, but you're in the room with a bunch of people. You probably have a roommate 
Um, so you're still. You mean in a normal one? In a normal one. What did, did I you say? say that? I said under normal circumstances. I oh, 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 yeah. Um, I didn't know what you meant. During non-pandemic, yes. even though you're not talking, you're still in a room of 50, 60 people not talking, Yeah, which is different. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but also, who knows? Maybe if I had been uh, on a real retreat, the same thing would have happened or been even more intense. I don't know. because Again, it's different. But when I was in Montreal for a movie, my asshole, the movie's about my asshole being bleached. I... <laughs> I know. I got. I know, and I, I apologize. <laughs> I got. It's like on in Frost Nixon after the first interview goes poorly, and he goes, "Don't say anything." He's like, "I know." Yeah, no need to I, say anything. <laughs> that's. How I feel that way all the time. Mm-hmm. I know. I was there too. Um, but when I flew home after all that alone time, I was on the plane, mm-hmm. and you can't talk. To, I, I mean, you can, but I wasn't. I didn't feel compelled to talk to people on the plane, mm-hmm. but I felt so much better. Just being with other hippopotamuses. Yeah. Like a little hippo funeral. <laughs> they like being together. We like being together. Yeah. And look, I'm sorry I bought so much stock in Zoom. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's not it's not it's not the same as a warm body. Yeah, that's right. And they the retreat itself was great and the sessions were great and everybody did the best that they could, but for whatever reason, um the third night I started to just noticed that there was panic arising. Um, and so I, I really, it was, it was a tough decision. And I feel like this is maybe we're getting to the part that this might be relatable for people who are on this path. It's so tricky when you are practicing mindfulness, um, to, to, navigate the messages and the the goals and the you know the um lessons of mindfulness and integrate trauma if you have trauma healing because you know especially with this was very buddhist and and so there's a lot of dharma and a lot of stuff around like just trying to be equanimous and be meaning Somebody explained, one of the teachers explained equanimity as walking evenly on uneven ground. I, I love really that. Love, I love that image. And we're looking at this mountain and that is like a, a symbol of equanimity for me. Just, But it's actually more like a tree where you are affected, like you are feeling everything. You're, you know, a tree is moving with the wind and it's changing with the seasons, but it's rooted and it's remaining I love um, that. Yeah. Two slam dunks. <laughs> we all have to be like trees. Yeah. Keep your roots. And there's a there's I don't, a I don't worry about bendy weird trees. I worry about the trees that I see and their roots are coming up. Well, and that that happens when trees are too rigid, when they don't bend with the wind. Fucking they get dis, dis, they get okay. uprooted. Frost Nixon. The porch <laughs> song. Be Your like a tree. My parts. bleached perfect asshole. I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen my butthole in a very long time. Uh, no one has. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, let's keep it that way. Um, <laughs> well, you've never princessed it, princess and the peed me? That's when, I'm sleep- that? that's when I'm sleeping next to you and there's a stack of mattresses. And if you imagine that two mattresses are my butt cheeks, you lift them up to see the pee, which is my butthole. That's what the princess and the pee is really about. Oh, my God. You've never we- princess and the peed me? 
Are we on two different podcasts right now? I'm trying to just inject a little bit of that horseradish Holmes flavor into your delicious turkey sand. I love it. So be like a tree. Two rigid trees get torn up. Yeah, and and to <laughs> and to your point, there is this this concept of you root. It's it's actually I think a yoga concept. You root to rise, so you first get very um, connected with yeah. the ground and and with your body and connected in your core, um, so that you can then rise and expand. So. I was rising, but I hadn't rooted yet. <laughs> mm. um, and what I, basically what I found, and I've shared on this podcast before, is that my uh, it is about you know my major depressive episode where the the intense scary feeling was I'm all alone in here, and it was just like everything kind of just went gray, and I couldn't see how anything even when I was reminded of like love and joy and ice cream and nature. And uh, I couldn't see how any of that could penetrate and, and get to me. It felt like I was just completely all alone in my mind and, um, and nothing could, could save me. That was external, which is, there's some, truth to that in, in the sense of like it's all in your perception well i was just re- it was one of my favorite richie things again it's in just this the book that i highly recommend of richard Rohr. he says if you see a hot air balloon and it makes you happy mysticism and deep psychology and all different things point to um what made you happy was inside of you mm. and the hot air balloon and i love this verb just occasioned it Mm-hmm. And he and I've had that where you look at the odometer in your car and it makes you happy. Yeah, and it's like don't confuse the odometer with the car with like something deep happening inside of you. Yeah, but you were having the bad version of that, right? And I want to be clear for people who are have experienced stuff like this, like that. I think that's totally true, and also. Sometimes it's chemicals in your brain that you have no control over, which it was in my case in the first the first time. Sometimes it's trauma arising. Sometimes it's it just there's a lot of different things where I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't want anybody to hear that and think like, so if everything goes gray for you, that's your fault and you need to change your perception. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's great. Cause that, cause I have experienced, I experienced it occasionally this week where I'm like, it feels like I have no control over this. There's nothing I can do to affect it. And so when that happens, so basically it, it felt like I had, it only took a few days of being alone in my mind for that to trigger the experience that I had when I was alone in my mind and it was scary and dark and awful. Mm. And then, um, and I didn't, I have experienced it enough in a manageable doses that now three years, it's been three years since that experience. I have a lot of resources through, mindfulness and through therapy and a lot of them I've shared on this podcast of of being in your body and um oh here's a great like um here's some practical grounding techniques that I've found so you want to feel like where your feet connects to the earth 
feel where you're. So plant your feet on the earth. Yeah. And feel where your whatever, where your body is connected to the chair or whatever you're sitting on. Or if you're standing, you know, feeling your feet on the earth. That's like the Katie thing. It's like, look at how, if you feel like nothing is supporting you, yes. stop and notice how many things are literally supporting you. Yes, the exactly. The chair, the ground, the earth, mm-hmm. the planet, the air, yeah. the sun. It's like you're a, you're a complex system. Yeah. And I've had that even where I was really feeling that this week too. And then noticing like my cu- my cup of coffee on a table and being like, and that that table is supporting my coffee. Right. And like. And it's doing it nobly. Yeah. It's doing it asking. I know we're anthropomorphizing these objects, but it's doing it. Yeah. Without any Disneyfication of these things. Be <laughs> It's. It is doing it. Yes. And it is not asking anything for it. Yeah. That that was part of Katie's revelation. It's like looking at a rock and being like, you can spit on it. You can say anything. It's like, it just does it. And that's why like being like a stone yeah. is like a very big becoming like the things we see in nature that just allow. Yeah. I think that's exactly the theme for me is equanimity. And that's a, um, you know, a stone is a, is also a common, a common symbol for equanimity. The only difference is sometimes there is, I would say, my, I believe that sometimes there are, um, you do need to respond in some way, obviously, when there's racial injustice, when there's abuse of any, any power or abuse in any way towards yourself or towards someone else. Um, but doing it from a place of equanimity. So you first are allowing and just being with what arises. And then that is such a more powerful place to then respond with like skillfully and wisely. But we're sorry. Yeah. We are, we do this all the time and we should do it, but we're crossing streams. Meaning as Eckhart Tolle would say, there's our life, Capital L, life, mm-hmm. your source, your animation, your inner glow, mm-hmm. and then there, there's your life situation. I do think, mm-hmm. obviously, in a very practical and tumultuous society, we're always looking for, like, how does sitting like a stone impact our effectiveness in implementing social, racial, uh, whatever, change? Mm-hmm. And it's like... It always goes back to me when I'm talking about that. It really is two separate things, meaning, see, social media and our thinking minds are similar in refreshing something and reading every headline and therefore being anxious and worrying. That's a trick of the mind. You think you're doing something, Mm -hmm. but really you're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. You could have waited four hours and then gotten the summary of what happened in those four hours. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you can also do that in a week. Yeah. Uh, in some cases. But like, it's always what in this moment is lacking, trying to drop anchor into the deep. Like, we talked about this a bunch, looking at these mountains. We're up in Ohio. We're looking at the mountains right now. I'm like, these mountains are older than me, my father, my grandfather. They're older than George Washington. They're older than Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. They're older than the first Queen of England. Mm-hmm. They're older. I mean, like, so there has to be some connection when you're sitting like a stone, this is what I find deceptive about 
the modern approach to meditation is, is like, let's sleep better, be more productive and all that stuff. It's like, sure, great. I'm glad it gets you through the door, not you. It gets people through the door. Yeah. But I think we need to realize that just like the mountains have seen all of it come and go and seem to hold a wisdom that's beyond the drama of the passing show, mm-hmm. we too are called to that. Mm-hmm. And do stuff, but we can eat like... <laughs> I think also when we're talking publicly, it's very important to be like, and do stuff, and do stuff, you know? Well, I also just, this was exactly the theme of this retreat. It's called Revolutionary Love, and it was all about how your practice uh, can cultivate that all of these, these, you know, compassion, loving kindness, equanimity, and joy. And then, and then how you can mobilize it, mobilize that. So I don't, to me, they're not compartmentalized and not separate. I don't think they contradict each other. I think it's all part of it. I think that there, this is the life that we are in and it is like absolute and relative truth. So maybe in that way it's separate, but those get constantly interweaved and inform each other. And yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It's, I, I think that. Um, you're absolutely right. I think that it is really, yeah. And I wasn't saying the opposite. No, I know you weren't, but I, I just am, this is fresher on my mind because this is exactly what I've been, we've been talking about is I, but, but equanimity has to start with you and equanimity, which is what we're talking about, uh, is, it is like seeing the bird's eye view of everything and understanding that, you know, things take time and, and that there's a bigger picture here and and even the like, you know, we're all actually just one thing kind of dancing in, in our ways. But that's what we're doing. Are we doing this or not? Right. Like this is I was the- just I just called Rob today. We've we've been with Rob Bell and we've been missing each other a bunch. And he was like, Once you've tasted the oneness, you can understand why the oneness would choose this. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to give it the human attribute of loneliness, Mm -hmm. but we could. Meaning if you really imagine that you are everything Mm -hmm. or you're the potential of everything, but you're really just floating. And I'm sorry to say this again, but I got so much value out of saying it to Rob again. So I'm going to say it to you guys again and to myself again. Even if you could invoke perfection, and perfect feelings. And as I always say, the ambrosia enema Mm -hmm. and just feel an orgasm Mm -hmm. constantly. And not even that, it just keeps multiplying. We can make an algorithm of orgasm where your orgasm is way better than you could ever imagine. And then it multiplies by two and it just does that over and over and over and over and over. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good time to mention Foria. This is a good time. Yeah. Um, How long would you do that? This is what Alan Watts says. Mm -hmm. How long, as the only thing that is, would you just basically play with yourself Mm. and then and have everything perfect? Mm -hmm. And he goes, how long? And and it's fun to answer that question. You might be like a year, a thousand years, whatever your answer is. Guess what? You're infinite. So like at the end of a thousand years – from your ultimate perspective, nothing really has happened. That was a blink. It was a drop. It was nothing. You can slow yourself down and feel it real slow. It doesn't matter. When it's over, you're still this amorphous everything blob. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how long, even if you play it for 10 million years, how long before you make a button, a big red button that says on it, something happens? (laughs) 
and that and we were just tripping out talking to each other thinking about like yes i want an anxious thanksgiving <laughs> like i don't want to branch it out to like all the catastrophes and stuff but like just in my own life i would like a complicated relationship with that comedian or or this guy or when i see that person i get this weird feeling we want it yeah. This and that's what Leela means. That's what Leela's name means. That's yeah. the play. Meaning and we were we were again tripping out, getting Bible Adam and Eve eating the apple has always been interpreted as this mistake. It was our first sin. Mm-hmm. And I've always looked at it or since I've had some experiences and more time to reflect on it, it's man's uh willing participation in leaving non duality. So stop looking for the Garden of Eden in Africa and realize that it's a metaphor for non-dual being they don't know naked they don't know clothed they don't know man they don't know woman all of their needs are met and it's just paradise but they wanted a snake they wanted an apple they wanted the pain of childbirth they wanted the pain of death and loss yeah because without loss there's no gain Mm -hmm. without fear there's no love Mm -hmm. and it was and when we it just completely gave me like a shot of espresso. I just came back into life and I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. being alone with Lee, my back is, you saw me last night. I was putting all these tiger bombs. Mm -hmm. Like you can track my life through scents in the eighties. It was Dracar Noir. Then it was old spice, pure sport. Now it's uh, nothing. And before Lee, it was nothing. And then it was uh, a tiger tiger bomb. bomb. I smell like (laughs) tiger. I smell like, yeah, tiger bomb. (laughs) Yeah. And farts. <laughs> you are the queen of my life. You are Beyonce, and I'm J J Jason Z. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry to preach. I just love the thought of all of us that join together for these little chats. Uh, even if you've heard it before, we're all talking about it today. Yeah, we're all remembering. It's an act of remembering and forgetting, which I can't remember who said that, but somebody... How perfect. So, yeah. You forgot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> somebody said that, or maybe I think it is like, it was a quote that was like, it is said that medi- the practice of meditation can be uh, summed up in three words, remembering and forgetting. I love that. Um, but... That also made me think of, because I was re-listening to True Self, False Self by Richie Rohr. Must listen. It's so good. It's everything. It's It's everything. everything. Um, It's everything. He talks about how you... It's on iTunes. You have to, like a child is born innocent, and by that he doesn't mean, like... No, with no, without sin or that... Sin meaning missing the mark, meaning sometimes... You just missed the mark. Yeah, but he he means it's not even he doesn't mean like like he's not even talking about it in terms of guiltlessness, which of course they are. But but he's using the term innocent as unwounded. Yeah, which is just incredible. And That's what I and see in Lee. Yes. I know me too. And I this really helped me because to be honest, sometimes I look at Lee and like envy is a strong word, but there's like a pang because. I'm reminded of the loss of that innocence in me and I, and I know that that's coming for her. Yeah. I'll think of just like the way that she just walks around naked and her body is so light. It barely touches the ground and it's light in like in, you know, weight, weight, but also in just like internally, she's like translucent and so excited about everything. And she eats completely without shame. Yes. She farts. She makes me look like the queen of England. (laughs) 
That's <laughs> true. Like she rips him. So you can imagine the situation that I'm living in. I am living in a hot air balloon. <laughs> um, but so she, so I will, uh, I look at that and sometimes want that, but he talks about how you leave the garden. So you leave that unwounded and you get wounded and you have to do that so that you can, um, you can return but knowing so much more and having so much depth. It's the hero's journey. Yeah, exactly. It's Moana. If you don't know the hero's journey, I mean, I'm sure you do by now, but it's yeah, Moana. Moana. Nobody leaves the island. Yes. We have coconuts, but she keeps being called to the ocean and she has to leave, but she has to come back. Yeah. So when I think about Lee, um, what we're talking about is a psychological wound. Uh, I, I thought about it today. We went to the park today. And you had you came home today, but you had a couple more sessions that you were just going to bang out here. Mm-hmm. And we um, we were at the park waiting for you while you were alone. And um, sorry, I lost my train. Oh yeah, so there were these little girls, mm-hmm. her age, and you know everybody knows. Even if you don't have kids, you can imagine during the pandemic, one of the things that's difficult is getting your kids to play with other kids. Mm-hmm. All of that parallel play, like just playing while someone else is playing near you, mm-hmm. getting ideas, seeing what they're doing, and then also co-play, seeing them play with others. Yeah. So I was like, here we go. Yeah. There was one girl that was her age and one girl that looked about uh, younger than her, but it's really hard to tell because Leela basically is Andre the Giant. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I see a baby that's her size, I'm like, is she two? They're like... This baby is 17. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, okay. So anyway, Leela was on the swings. I was pushing her on the swings. And then these girls got on this little uh, spinning thing. I don't know what it's called. And I said, do you want to go play with these girls? And she said, yeah. And I pick her up. We go over. I say to the moms or whoever they are, I say, can uh, we join you? They say, of course. I put Leela on this big spinning wheel, very slow spinning. And as soon as she sets down and like joins them, the two girls leave. Mm-hmm. And I literally was like, I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're at a party and you walk up to a social circle and clearly the great story has ended mm-hmm. uh, and some meal you weren't aware of is being served and you walked <laughs> up and you're like, I'll tell you that. Okay. Like <laughs> she didn't have that story. She didn't even seem to mind. Mm-hmm. But I was like, right. Like it's it's not happening yet, but there's going to be yeah. – challenges and and we still deal with those silly simple challenges something weird uh, a delivery person says on the phone can haunt you or bother you yeah it's a fragile thing having a human psyche yeah and leela i think it's our job i think it's traditionally been our job to protect her right mm-hmm. and we do that and i'm trying to i think we both are trying to bring some subtlety in the conversation and protect her but also shepherd her and um, experience her wounds against psychological wounds with her and and usher her through them mm-hmm. with the assurance that it's all okay. Mm-hmm. Again, look at the mountains. The mountains have seen a billion children be jilted mm-hmm. on a revolving disc. Yeah. And 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 that's the message that we have to share with each other. I have to share it with myself. And I'm like it's not to not be wounded. Yeah. Like Moana has to get her foot, her ankle scraped by the coral. She has to all the things that happen to her yeah. have to happen so that she can return as you and I are trying to return 
like the movie Christopher Robin, which is great, mm-hmm. return back to the Hundred Acre Woods yeah. with Pooh as an adult. Mm-hmm. And we're back to my favorite verse, become as little children. And that's how you enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more exciting. It has the narrative structure of a movie to be perfect, to lose it, but never lose it. Think you lost it, lose touch with it, mm-hmm. and then return to it. Yeah. And it is also about fe- fully feeling and experiencing those wounds. Like two two quotes came to mind when you said that. Uh, one is Eckhart Tolle says. Um, to the voice. <laughs> he says, like, uh, if you could spare your child from suffering, wouldn't you do so? No. <laughs> <laughs> Because then their life would be superficial. And it's like something about... I mean, I've seen the overcoddled. You know, I've, I almost was the overcoddled. Absolutely. and Which I appreciate. My parents' good intention. Yeah. They were trying to coddle. They weren't trying to overcoddle. <laughs> and it is just like you, the best thing you can do is teach yourself and your children how to suffer well. How to not allow it to be wasted, how to just let it become the building blocks of their character and to, and to like allow it to put them in their bodies and fully feel exactly what it feels like to be fully human and alive. There is a, there's that, um, Julie, the other quote was the Julian and Norwich quote, where it was like there's the fall and then the return. There's the fall and then there's the recovery from the fall. Both are the grace of God. Yeah. That was just never taught to me. <laughs> no. It was always like you walk with God and you're okay. He's the big cheese and he doesn't want you to be gay. Okay, no, I, um, <laughs> that was my church. Um, but it was it was you're in the you're in all state. You're yeah. in good hands. Yeah. And nobody <laughs> taught me. Yeah. It would have blown my mind if when my divorce or whatever happened, whatever wounds happened, if somebody was like, this, I'm, I'm excited for you. Yeah. This is, this this is, is it. Where it's happening. Yes, right. absolutely. First buy me a pizza. But, you know, like <laughs> you can sense it. People know the vibes, uh, you know, romantically with your partner. You can also sense when somebody, I think, who's who's grieving or wounded is starting to poke their head up and might be ready for something like that. You have to be very careful though. Absolutely. Which yeah, so I I do want to finish this story just because I think it I hope it helps people. Usually when I talk about like my anxiety, um a lot of people reach out because I think that's such a common thing. For sure. Uh which your anxiety and your depression would have you believe you are the only one that's experienced it. Tell the the five thoughts thing. Is that what you're going to say? The five thoughts thing. You're like I only have five thoughts. Oh, I was going to read that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, so I so I was sitting in this cabin alone, and I really was being with my anxiety. I was noticing it. I was doing all of the things I had been taught to do uh, in this program, where you just you notice your breath, you notice your body, you you feel into the the feeling and you just allow it and try not to resist it and um and all I've I've done that so many times with different feelings where that really helps if if it doesn't make it go away it it uh, changes my relationship to the whole the let feeling. it expand thing that you've talked yeah. told us about yeah yeah but this was just 
it was just, I was going up and up and up more and more in the hot air balloon and really getting the sense from my body that I needed to, to my priority needed to be to make, do whatever it took to make my body feel safe. So this is a tricky moment and I'm still processing this because on one hand I have my mindfulness training telling me like, sit with this, allow it to expand, be with it. There's so many stories about people on retreats having panic attacks and then it leading to the, them becoming enlightened basically. Yeah. So like if you can just push through it and ride it out, then, you know, even ride the toboggan down, even my, <laughs> myself, <laughs> even I, I was even telling myself the worst guy. Yeah. I just got the image of you sliding it down. Like you're going down. Yeah. But ride it down. Cause there's a jump at the bottom. Yeah. And, and, um, and I was even telling myself like, this is, this is my ego dying. That's all that's happening. And so I should just allow it. Um, and so it was really at a crossroads with that and everything I know about trauma therapy, which is don't push it. You you need to dip your toe in and you need to listen to your body and go to your, your body's own pace. Um, so I, called you and I burst into tears and you were so great and you that were was like, you um <laughs> 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 and uh and you were so wonderful and gentle and supported anything I wanted to do but also were like yeah just come home <laughs> yeah and, that's right and that's exactly and and when you said that and I allowed that in and you were so perfectly and beautifully quoted um, the Mary Oliver quote. You do not have to be good. Yeah, from Wild Geese. Because I was also just like, I need to do this right. I got to stick it out. And and you said you do not have to be good, isn't it? Like you don't. You do you don't not have, have to, to crawl through the desert on your hands and knees. Yeah. It's just I, I, it was I was, yeah. perfect. And it and the way that my body received that was the indicator that I, that going home was the compassionate, loving thing to do. So from there, I, I would go to the cabin during the days and I would come home at night and that's ultimately what felt good. And of course I went through a, a whole internal warfare about like, uh, like just the nastier voices being like, you're weak. You should be able to stay home alone. This is not going to be good. Like you need to be able, you're an adult woman. You need to be able to be alone. What if something happens? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and I really have learned through that and through this week to like, yeah, okay. My mind is going to say those things. And those are just thoughts. I give my body more authority than my mind. And, Mm. and, um, I also, give my soul or my awareness the highest authority. <laughs> yeah, why does, just because the thoughts are the things we can hear in our head. Yeah. Why did they get to be the CEO? I know. And because they honestly, because they come in and take Set, charge and say, I'm and the CEO. CEO. Yeah, yeah. And I have the truest story and, and we have a society because of that mind and the ego and their their like nasty little <laughs> companionship. Yeah, uh, we have nasty. <laughs> we have a whole society that then confirms that. Um, so where I'm at now is 
you know, I, I have a little bit of, I'm, I'm having waves of panic, um, since then because I had like a, a little minor trauma trigger where I remembered that state of mind and that that's like a possibility and it scared me. And so I, I can catch myself sometimes being like, whoa, is it happening? Am I falling into the pit? Um, it's Moana on the boat when she falls asleep and has the dream that the blackness that was eating part of the island is uh, killing her family. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to come back and it's going to be worse. And the the song that the grandmother sings in Moana when she gets to the point, which I got to this point this week, where she she's saying, I can't do it. You you chose wrong. Choose someone else, which is so hero's journey. Um, she thinks that she's failed and, and she's going to go back home. And the grandmother sings a really beautiful song where she says, um, sometimes the world seems against you. The journey will leave a scar, but scars will heal and reveal just where you are. Mm. And it's so true. And the, and so like it is, it isn't linear. We actually had this conversation and I thought about it later where I was like, healing, forget even just trauma. I'm going to say healing and awakening. That path is not linear. Right. You will feel like you're taking steps back. You will feel like you're propelled forward and then you're back again. And, um, but I do think what is cumulative about it is the resources that you gather. Right. And that's what I've found with this is, is now when I feel, start to feel panic, I say, I say like a little prayer of equanimity, which is, and it could be to God or to myself or whatever, but, um, please help me learn how to be with this. And mm. I focus on my breath and my body and I have the little palm rock right now that I've been holding all day to feel grounded. That's another one of the tools. Right. Um, uh, sorry, Jason in uh, Minnesota, you have a dentist appointment. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's somebody, even if it's not Jason, that's like, oh, shit, I do have a dentist appointment. <laughs> sorry um, about that. Last grounding technique I'm going to teach because it was so helpful to me is if, if you sit in a chair with your hands on your thighs and squeeze your lower body together, so squeeze your legs and like flex your feet and really squeeze it while you... It, like feel the Ooh. blood these oh, away keep awake. finishing and then you can just decide Hi, whenever to release it um that really helps ground you in your body oh Leela's sad um oh okay I'm gonna while I have you to myself <laughs> I'm gonna read this um this beautiful poem Hi, baby. Oh, you woke up sad. It's okay. I was just going to read the poem and we can sign off. Baby, hi, you, you want, want me to, to hold to you? I would love to hold you. Yeah. Did you get sad? She, I don't think she liked waking up. Usually the, the tiniest little coo and we run in. Hi, Baba. It's okay. Oh, we're gonna tell. The and computer. it's okay to be sad. We're gonna tell the computer this. We're gonna read the computer this. Mm. Okay. Hi, Baba.
<laughs> so it's called... Can we read you a poem? Can we read you this poem? Yeah. It's called Autobiography in Five Short Chapters by Portia Nelson. Ooh. Chapter one. I walk down the street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I am lost. I am helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes me forever to find a way out. Chapter two. Can my dad out? I'll read chapter two. Okay. Chapter two. Walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend I don't see it. I fall in again. I can't believe I am, I am in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It still takes a long time to get out. Chapter three. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it is there. I still fall in it. It's my habit. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter four. I walk down the same street. There is a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter five. I walk down another street. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, clearly, Val went in to be with Lee. I was going to say one more thing about Moana, <laughs> believe it or not. There's this great part in Moana when um, people are breaking a story, writers are breaking a story, they talk about things. One of the jobs of writers is to poke holes in the plot and ask questions. And at one point in Moana, they have Maui ask questions that I think they're worried that the viewers will be asking because uh, in Moana, one of the characters is the ocean, and the ocean can do all these magical things, like move people really far. And Maui says, they're trying to restore the heart of Tefiti. I'm sorry, but they're trying to get somewhere with something. And he says, why didn't the ocean just do it? Which is a great question. And you're like, oh, I guess they're just addressing it because they have to. And uh, they're like, oh, the ocean is kooky dukes, is what he says. But then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, no. Because Moana has to return the heart of Tefiti because it's the adventure. It's the journey. It's not just restoring the heart. You could even say restoring the heart doesn't even do anything unless she's doing it. And that's your journey. You can't just jump to the end. You have to go through the suffering and the pain so you can do it, even though forces greater than you could have just started the universe in perfection. It could have been balanced. It could have been even. It could have been the ambrosia anima. But what we're saying throughout this podcast is the pitfalls and the struggling and the not having a supernatural thing do it for you is the point. You are to do it so you can discover your own supernaturality, which is not a word. Um, all right, kids. Let's get let's get mama back to say keep it crispy. Sorry this dropped late. I think you understand why. We look forward to our time with you every week. Thank you for doing it. And Keep, Keep it, it crispy. crispy. Hi, Bubba. Oh, that. <laughs> Subtitles on. That meant keep it crispy.